Well, I'll take out the pause and just leave that, yeah. leave that bit there. How's it going, E? It's going pretty well. Good. Despite not enough rain. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. I was promised rain when I moved here. Mm -hmm. Yes. They keep on changing the percentages. They tease us mm -hmm. with it. Ooh, it's up to 60% for Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, it's 20%. Right. 10. What? No rain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it just seems to be fast moving. I suppose. S systems yeah. are just swirling through and then, uh, oh, nope. It's going to miss us. Damn you, Coriolis effect. <laughs> yeah, people at work are saying, well, I hope you're enjoying this beautiful weather we're having. And I say, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I'm from Southern California. I, the reason I, I left that. <laughs> the, the advantage is, at least, it's not as consistently hot. So yeah, September sure, sure, in LA sure. is usually pretty oppressive. Mm -hmm. uh, even, and including Halloween some years, where it just gets blistering hot uh post what you call it the, you know traditional summer yeah um and then it just i don't know at least it feels like fall you, mm -hmm. you okay there yeah i had to sneeze <laughs> I had to stifle two sneezes <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, i need the cough button uh yes uh, if you want to send us an email about your uh, experiences <laughs> exploding your eardrums by stifling sneezes <laughs> or if you want to criticize our health practices yes please indeed. do uh, so there's there's there are leaves. Oh wait 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 wait! Please do because you're listening to the it's just called two brothers podcast and <laughs> I'm James. It's almost a, a fumble for intro. I I'm Marcus. Hey, <laughs> welcome to it's just called two brothers. All right. Yeah, uh, continuing at this point. <laughs> so uh, leaves are on the ground. It, it's it's cooling off, uh, you know, appreciably for sure. At least at night, you know, it's mm -hmm. supposed to be eighty. Four or five today. Yep. Which um, feels like feels like back in the, I wanted to say home, but that's not right. Uh, yeah. Back in LA. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty warm for Portland, especially. Mm -hmm. People around the country who have had to deal with falling leaves can skip forward on this part <laughs> or laugh derisively at me. Uh, I'm turning. Let's see. Well, this is still September, but I'll be turning fifty in less than a month. And oh, yeah, this uh, is a big one. Two, yeah. two two days ago was the first time I've ever uh, raked leaves of any size. I've raked teeny tiny mesquite leaves and picked up uh, thousands of mesquite pods, so seed pods, um, before, but that's really not the same thing. So I, I made a, um, or rather, there was already a pile, and uh, I added to it by, uh, you couldn't tell that any leaves had been raked from any particular area. That's how many more leaves had fallen since they started the pile. So I made a, uh, I don't know, a, as far as I could reach the uh, the rake from the pile in a uh, a circle all the way around it, and you know doubled the size of the pile, yeah. and uh, so now I have a pile of leaves ready for a baby or um, yeah, she's not a baby anymore, uh, toddler or dog to ruin to leap into. A lot of people yeah. consider their I don't know pre three year old the baby. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do, and they those people oh those guys are fools. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gonna be, it's a visual joke, you can We haven't done that show yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, everybody, flash forward to our uh, our censorship show, right? <laughs> our terrible '80s movie censorship show. Yeah, yes, yeah, coming soon to a podcast right here. Mm. We'll Maybe. figure that out.
But are we doing previews now? Hey, our first preview. Well, I'm always behind on film, so I I never yeah. I'm never caught up in the theater. We we can only we've tended to go to Marvel premieres mm-hmm. because they're big blockbuster things and. Uh, it's exciting to see them in a huge theater, right? And it's not the same on the on the tiny screen, but uh, that and Star Wars aside, uh, just not getting to the to the film as much as I would like. The silver screen. There are several that I would that are that are smaller films. Like I, I, I'm interested in seeing Juliet Naked. Um, the, the, what's the next one? It's not... <laughs> Hashtag for, no context. I'm uh, interested in seeing Juliet naked is a, <laughs> is a phrase uh, more commonly not referring to a film. Yeah, good point. Um, it's got Ethan Hawke in it. Pardon us for... Pardon our... Not pardon our laughter. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to tell you something. It's something like that. Anyway. If you want to rant at us for... <laughs> yeah. I can't think of yeah. a film. That's why I can't see it. I don't know the title until I see it. You can't find that information out anywhere. Can't make plans. Uh, Also, schedule has been all over the place. So when that settles down for Mm -hmm. both parties, it will be easier, I think. Also, you know, the move cost us uh, almost $1,000 more than we were expecting. So that that puts a a dent (laughs) in the old (laughs) finances. In future, I think I'm just going to eat the cost of a one-way move, do it. And do it myself, or um, or get a pod. Yeah, we think we considered can be a pod smashed into a pod. Right, the, the area that we paid for for a moving truck, uh, I think it would it would have been worth it because their estimate was uh, low when we thought it was high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want you to to sign up with them, so mm-hmm. they're going to estimate low usually. Yeah, and that's been moving talk. <laughs> on it's yeah. just called two brothers. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, I went to, or we went to the uh, Harvest Festival in a small town nearby, the uh, annual Harvest Festival, and they had a car, classic car show up and, uh, you know, which is to say classic cars up and down the street. They were competing for prizes or whatever. And there was a 68 Ford Fairlane two-door, uh, three-speed on the tree, and um, mm. I couldn't tell what kind of radio it had in it, but it was not blue with a black vinyl top, unfortunately. Okay, like, okay, I, I challenge... My hose head brother Bob to to give me a sound I can't do. Okay, you can't do the sound of um, car starting. What kind of car? Oh, getting a little cocky. Okay, what kind of car? 68 Ford Fairlane, two door, blue with a black vinyl top, three speed on the tree, and an FM radio in it. Got it. Okay, here it goes. Uh oh. Better call the motor league. I think it was red with a not final top. So, alas, it was so close. But I did go ahead and run through the entire uh, bit in my soft voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, beauty. So, let's get moving. You have uh, things to do. I do. Uh, you should share some music because you have some music share. I do. Uh, before that, do you want to mention a podcast that you oh, listen to? You, you know what? Let's uh, before we do a music share. Um, years ago, seemingly, but rather months. A uh, let's see. 
when was that? I don't remember what episode we did our uh, Dat Arcade Life. Mm -hmm. uh, it was twenty four or something. Yeah, a while back. And uh, we, we did an arcade show. For those of you that are new, you should go back and listen to it. It's pretty fun. And then later on, we were contacted by a gentleman named Gabe, who was, uh, he says, at least in part inspired to do his own uh, podcast, and uh, it came to fruition this summer, called the Arcade Memories Podcast. And um, if you have any uh, love for video games uh, at all, it's uh, it's pretty fun. He's got two episodes up uh, as of this recording, and um, quite a bit of stories, uh, lots of them from Redditors, uh, a, lot of, a lot of shorties, but then um, if anybody records it, he'll put that on too, so he's got a few podcasters, and he gives us a plug, mm -hmm. uh, which is Pretty cool. That's very so nice. we're, we're giving Gabe a plug right back. Uh, yeah. And um, I've listened to uh, the first episode and part of the second episode. And it was fun to hear our own voices. It was like, hey, we're <laughs> quasi-famous. <Yeah. laughs> Two podcasts in one. Quite so so thank you, Gabe, for the, for the mention. Yes, very much. It's a fun show. I do enjoy it. Okay. And with that, <laughs> that's, that ends plug talk. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing for nothing for any of our things, but that's how you go. Uh, I, so I have been listening to music a lot this week, and not least of which because uh, at the at the store where I work, uh, there's you know a soundtrack that ah, yes. goes constantly. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of this jazz station that um, it's jazz standards, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm here to tell you, I I love Tony Bennett as much as anyone else, but. <laughs> Holy crap, enough with Tony Bennett. Uh, insert clip of uh, Capital City. People stop and scream hello in Capital City. Ditch, look! Street crime. It's the kind of place that makes a bum feel like a king. Wow, that service! And it makes a king feel like some nutty cuckoo super king. Look, it's Tony Bennett! <laughs> uh, it's it's just it gets wearing honestly yeah, sure I just can't take it after a while i hear the like i want to hear some <laughs> actual jazz and okay that's that's harsh uh that's jazz but i, I want to hear other things some, yeah some variety mm -hmm. yes. other than just crooners yeah mm -hmm. and some of it it's just i have heard them a million times mm -hmm. and i'm done and the third or fourth time through that playlist, it was like uh, the sort of uh, the, the iPod that controls things at the old store broke, and uh, <laughs> we were stuck. We were stuck with the Whitney Houston playlist, Whitney Houston heavy playlist for oh two boy. solid days. Oh boy! So, so it was you know almost sixteen hours of, uh, of Whitney Houston, and as great as. <laughs> insert clip of uh, Kiefer Sutherland as uh, General Happablab singing. <laughs> And now, in honor of your achievement, here is the theme song from the hit motion picture, The Bodyguard. And I, I, I will always love you. <laughs> one of his, one of his uh, primary roles. Mm -hmm. Shining. <laughs> um, so... Uh, it's as great as Whitney Houston is. I uh, it's too intense, and I can't I can't do my thing. <laughs> I can't concentrate when a little when distracting. It's just that much coming at you for hours. Yeah. <laughs> so 
but I have uh, occasionally become obsessed with one or two songs, as you do, that something gets stuck in your head, and sometimes for more than a day, it'll mm. just keep coming back over and over and over again. And that happened, weirdly, the last two weeks with a couple of songs, and some old and some new. Yeah. So I, I, there are three that stood out, all right? Mm-hmm. And I will start with, uh, I'll, I'll go oldest to newest, right? right. Uh, so this is the first one that happened, right? It's uh, Five O'Clock World, which was used as a theme for, I don't know, one season, two seasons on the Drew Carey show. Mm-hmm. They use this song, uh, Five O'Clock World by the Vogues. Every morning just to keep a job I gotta find my way through the hustle and mob Sounds of the city pounding in my brain While another day goes down the drain But it's a five o'clock world when the whistle blows No one owns a piece of my time And there's a five o'clock for me inside my There you go. No, uh, so know. lots of people know that song. Maybe they don't know the name or uh, of the band necessarily, but um, you know they were they had a few hits in the sixties and the mid sixties, and um, sort of spanning doo-wop to uh, rock and roll, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Or to to uh, uh, what you call it? To the, the you know the electrification of of rock, spanning sure. uh, where things got wild. Electric boogaloo. Yeah. But that song is uh, endlessly catchy, and it just it just went on a loop in my head. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just dissecting it as I as I rolled it in my head, that was uh, was really great. the 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 opening I didn't realize until I really started listening to it over and over. That intro with the guitar, where it goes, you know, minor to minor, it, it repeats throughout the verse structure. Mm-hmm. So that. That keeps going through the song underneath everything else. So punctuated by the haze and wow. uh, the drums and the you know the other the other stuff and the and the words right the singing. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh that's an interesting sort of thread right to me. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing that happened was I had heard this song and got obsessed with it a couple of years ago yet right before even this time, and that's. Paul McCartney and Wings, which I keep wanting to just call Wings. I thought that was a thing before, and apparently now it's Paul McCartney and Wings. Uh-huh. Uh, Let Me Roll It from Band on the Run. Uh-huh. And that's this.
So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I, hadn't, I haven't heard that in a long time, actually. Yeah. That sounds really, really good turned all the way up. <laughs> it's got a, a lot of nice... All the way up? <laughs> <laughs> to 10, baby. Uh, the uh, That guitar line and then... This, uh, I don't know what it is about Paul. He Maybe because he's not normally a drummer that he does these weird drum patterns. So hmm. according to Ringo, it was his idea on Ticket to Ride to go boom, bap, boom, bap, bap, boom, bap, boom, bap, bap, that thing. Mm-hmm. Which isn't quite, you know, a steady rhythm. Yeah. Like it, it is. It's, it's not... It's not one necessarily that you would think of if you were trying to put a, a groove together as a drummer, I right. think. Okay. And obviously, you know, Ringo thought so too. He's like, oh, this sounds good, all right? <laughs> well, actually, it's not Ringo's voice, that's Paul's. <laughs> so, well, that sounds pretty good. I think I'll put it on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, unusual. It's an unusual syncopation on the on the uh mm-hmm. of a, of a uh, the, the fourth sixteenth beat. And likewise, this thing, right? Da dum ba dum. And everything in that song is nicely separated, so you can hear all the parts in turn as they come up. Well I've, produced. I find it sonically compelling. And I really like it. All right. And uh, just to just to move quickly along because uh, we have to get you moving. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to figure out a, a schedule where it's open and we can just lay back for an hour. Well, usually I don't know. Usually, uh, often we can, but. Uh... Today's a little bit earlier on the appointment mm. time. The it, it, This is a new song and a new artist to me. Um, apparently, it's got one or two albums before this, but uh, Rayland Baxter. Rayland Baxter, you yeah. say? His father's. Sounds like uh, that's got to be phony. <laughs> his father is, I think it's Bill Baxter, um, is a, uh, a, a another musician, another recording artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, his album is really good all the way through. It's. They're calling him alt country, but it—I don't know—it's different than a lot of those artists to me. It's mm. got a—it's got a '70s flavor, and you know when country rock started to come into prominence yeah. with the uh, Graham Parsons and—or wait—is it Graham Parsons? I think it's Graham Parsons and the Shot, uh, or Graham Parker uh, and the uh, what you call it, Mike Nesmith and mm. the, the from the from the Monkees, the National Band. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he he was the most prominent practitioner, I believe, in the beginning. Sort of sort of defined that sound, bringing mm-hmm. the two things together. Hmm. And this is, it's got a little of that, but uh, it's, um, I don't know, it's evocative of, of the sort of, not only the 70s, but of, you know, that whole aesthetic. And um, I don't know, I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this song is called Casanova, and uh, that's the, I don't know, it's my favorite thing off the record.
showing my age by calling it a record, I guess. But, yes, I was or, or musicianship. That's a thing I noticed musicians do. It's like, hey, going to a gig or <laughs> uh, does you got to check out this record? Yeah, <laughs> still valid, I think. Even though oh, well, people called are... LPs, you know, vinyl LPs records. Mm-hmm. A record is just, that's just short for recording. Right. So, yes. I stand justified. It came to be known as a vinyl disc, uh, just in in normal nomenclature. Mm-hmm. But yes, it could be anything that is recorded. So yes, you are yeah. correct, sir. Anyway, uh, that's good. I, I just I really love that song. It it makes me smile. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's uh, <laughs> it's tongue in cheekness. Yep. Yep. Um, my music share is uh, actually one movement of a, a piano piece by Claude Debussy, the French composer from the late 1800s, early 1900s, called Children's Corner. Uh, it's a six-movement piece that uh, that he wrote for his daughter, Claude Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claude Debussy and uh, his, his wife was Emma, and they named their daughter Claude Emma. <laughs> anyway, uh, but they called her Choo Choo. <laughs> As you would. <laughs> so, so now that you know that backstory, Children's Corner, most people know Gollywog's Cakewalk, the sixth movement, which mm-hmm. sounds like this. Uh, I say I couldn't people, have named it, but I know I know the melody. Yeah, I, most people who know anything about this uh, mm-hmm. work <laughs> would recognize that piece, not necessarily by name. But the movement that struck struck me when I heard it uh, yesterday was uh, "The Snow Is Dancing," which is the fourth movement, and um, how well uh, this particular pianist uh, named Bruno Canino uh, played it. If you want to see it, look up WC Children's Corner. Um, especially the the performance by Bruno Canino, he's very um, into being true to the music. I believe um, it, it's an interesting performance to watch as well. You know, because he's into the moment, emotionally. Uh, well, he you're overcome does. with with uh, too much to say. No, so much to say you can't. <laughs> I, I'm overcome out. with trying to figure out what the hell I'm trying to talk about. Uh, coming back in, that's nothing um, new. Yeah, exactly. He. Is very emotionally into the music, but also the sound of even his own movements uh, with regard to where he is in proximity to the piano. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed all the movements, uh, particularly watching him participate in his own performance. But the Snow is Dancing, Debussy's impressionistic composition style mm-hmm. is uh, is very compelling imagery right. from that title. So there yeah. it is. Excellent. Yeah, I really do want to um, have a couple of evenings at the Portland Symphony. The Oregon Symphony, yes. Is it the Oregon Symphony? Okay, it is the, the Oregon Symphony in Portland. You're right. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, because uh, the, it, the the tickets aren't that bad. No, no, it, it's a uh, usually quite reasonable, and it's a very good orchestra. Mm. Most people would consider them kind of a second tier uh, orchestra, not necessarily sure. world class, uh, yeah. but they are a very fine orchestra. There's right. nothing, <laughs> you know. I mean, you can get hoity-toity and and, and classify those levels, but uh, yeah, I, I've I've been well, to a few. It's a, it's a less prestigious venue, I'm sure, to mm-hmm. apply to if you're a world-class musician. You know, you want to you want to get to your New Yorks and LAs and Prague's mm-hmm. and <laughs> Londons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Seattle Symphony is uh, is tip-top notch, certainly, mm-hmm. and they have a uh, speaking of world-class, the uh, Benaroya Hall is is absolutely one of the finest halls I, I've experienced, um, mm-hmm. and I've been to several. <laughs> and I know halls. <laughs> Yes, right. <laughs> uh, but um, although I haven't been to Disney, that's uh, that's kind of on my bucket list. Oh. I have musical. been, I've been there. I've not actually seen anything. That I remember. I've touched the building did. from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think before they renovated the outside, maybe I did see. Uh, I saw Bobby McFerrin there with mom. Is that right? I believe. Oh, I believe that's, I that's did. Cool. Yeah, he he was conducting. I should say, oh, not cool. uh, doing a performance on his own. Hmm. Yeah. Very, it was it was a joy to watch. <laughs> really, really, you know, loved making music with an orchestra. Yeah, if you like. Yeah, it is quite just, fabulous. And just that's, sort of uh, bounced yeah. on his toes a lot, and mm. you know, got really you know scrunched up when it was supposed to be quiet and intense, and mm. then exploded again. On, <laughs> yeah, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun. Like it's any, fun to be there. Yeah, like any good conductor, you know, you want. You watch them as much as as uh, the players. Yeah. Maybe more. Oh, and their Which dream just came true. From, <laughs> yes, that's right. For you to mention that is, <laughs> yes. uh, is their happy place. Right. <laughs> hey, have you had a chance to watch the new Matt Groening thing? Uh, Disenchanted. Disenchanted, yeah. Uh, I watched part of it. I haven't haven't finished the first episode, but uh, wait, is it an episode? Uh, it is an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched about half of the first episode, and mm-hmm. then I got distracted on something. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I mm, that's a tough one to talk about. Some of the jokes are a little too much. Uh, it's like they're trying to stuff a lot of stuff into one episode, but it, yes. it does have a sort of a Futurama. Uh, <laughs> what it would be medieval Rama, right? <laughs> Uh, fantastic Rama uh-huh. uh, with elves and trolls and, and dark, uh, dark age Rama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that part's fun, and that it's uh, uh, a Matt Groening thing, mm-hmm. and um, David X. Cohen is involved, and right. uh, some of the regulars that we that we know from uh, Simpsons and Futurama, and it, it's yeah. fun. Um, the Billy, jury's Billy out. Billy West yeah, is doing it, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, because John DiMaggio is in it. Obviously, yep. <laughs> you can't mistake that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, I thought I thought it was fine. It wasn't mm-hmm. what I wanted necessarily. But then that's the problem with having two successful series in a row. You know, you have you have one that becomes a cultural icon, and then you have another where you, nobody has any idea what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. But then, then you kind of got a thing like, oh, this is what a Matt Groening thing is like, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so this comes along, and you and people are thinking. I think unavoidably, <laughs> right? Oh, this is going to be Futurama, but set in medieval times. Yeah. yeah. And that's a completely the wrong approach because there are some regulars, but it's, you know, it's really a new team overall. And it's a new, a, a new way to do this. 
Yeah, the, like, the only thing the only thing that's that's uh, for sure tying it together, mm-hmm. um, besides the people involved, obviously, is the animation yeah. style, right? Um, Which it sets up its own expectations. Than, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, not mm, the the character look, I should mm-hmm. say, not even the animation yes. style, but the characters, uh, the looks themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's. I, I think I've seen a lot of disparagement about it. It's like eh, it's not very funny. Um, <laughs> people forget that Futurama wasn't as funny the first season. It was brilliant, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. um, not as good as it became. And uh, Simpsons even more so. I mean, first season sure. of Simpsons is charming, but, mm-hmm. but it is not even close to how it ramped up from seasons three to nine, right? Yeah, three, agreed. Even three mm-hmm. to eight. Those, uh, those are genius years, and the first season, I would hesitate to call it genius. Let's start for, over. For I would own. hesitate to call it genius. <laughs> uh, for its own startup, it was, mm-hmm. but compared to right. what it became, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Compared to mm-hmm. itself, you know, at its peak, mm-hmm. which is that, those are the things that people remember. People don't remember the crappy pilot of, <laughs> of a great series. Mm-hmm. They remember the peak times. Yeah. Well, I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember and something exactly like Star Trek: The Next Generation. Let's use that as an example. Oh, right, first yeah, season, well. El Stinko, <laughs> in many cases, <laughs> and second season, occasionally worse. Yeah, and and then it just got better through the end. Right, that is how you want to go out. I would say. Yeah. So, um, I, I give it a chance, everybody. What do you want from him? Yeah, Disenchanted <laughs> on Netflix, streaming now. Yeah. We'll watch a few, and then uh, and then we'll get back to it and see. I, I mean, right. I, if it if it gets another season, which probably will, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll definitely keep keep it up, keep going. All right. Well, uh, that's been Future Talk <laughs> from the past. Future Future Past Talk. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers dot com, and you can still tweet at us at ijc2b. If you can wade through the toxic sludge that is Twitter to do so. <laughs> I am James, and I do not blog any day. Uh, <laughs> if you are Marcus, and you blog every day. I do blog every day, yeah. Sometimes it's a little, sometimes it's slightly late, just to be, <laughs> just to be clear. But yes, I, I, there, will always, there has always been, yeah, for the most part, something new every day. At MarcusHarwell.com. At MarcusHarwell.com. I thought we were going to peter out there, but we did. I, was, yeah, I we like those. Like, I like those moments yeah. where we just peter out. It's fun. <laughs> we should just do that.